Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Zombie dick. Yay or nay? I think nay, based on the zombie dicks I saw. They were fine, but like, it's too much of a risk. Maybe after a shower. (laughs) Sodomites and welcome to the Sinister Sissies podcast, your guide to true crime, horror, and everything sinister, hosted by two gay guys from Australia. I'm Jared, your master of depravity, and something is different. There is something different happening. Paul is away in Spain at the moment, so he's not joining me. Instead, I have the wonderful Pat McCaffrey stand-up comic and writer for Mad as Hell. Welcome, Pat. Thank you very much for having me. Does yeah. this mean when Paul's back, I get to go to Spain? <laughs> well, that would works? be nice, wouldn't yeah. it? He yeah. keeps posting, uh, like, sunny weather. Meanwhile, I'm looking at my window right now, and it's fucking miserable. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, can I just take this opportunity to say, and the fuck you, Paul Cup, for being mm. in Spain right now? Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So today, we have one of our homoerotic horror reviews. Uh, it is a film called Otto or Up With Dead People by auteur, do I say auteur? Is that how you pronounce it? Auteur queer filmmaker Bruce LaBruce. It was a time not much different from today when zombies had become, if not commonplace, then certainly unextraordinary. Zombies had evolved over time and become somewhat more refined. Pat, what did you think? What did you think of Otto? Uh, I thought it basically felt like um, a sort of, I don't know, vaguely Kafkaesque nonsense poem that some kind of four-year-old bulimic would have vomited up after eating a bowl of alphabet soup. It was nonsense. Jesus, that's a review. So bad. Um, Horrendous. Horrendous? Horrendous. It was impossible to follow. Like, ludicrously pretentious at various points. But, like, missing every time. The gap between... The gap between, um, like, uh, outcome and goal was, like remarkable um like it was it was painful it's good it's good that you have that view because i fucking love this film and i'm gonna defend it 
But what I will say is that you have to go into this film. Uh, you don't have to go into this. No, film you do all, have to go into this film. It's brilliant. Uh, you have to go in this film without knowing any of the context and without knowing what Bruce the Bruce is all about as a filmmaker. You need to go in and, and encounter it organically. So we're going to be talking spoilers for the rest of this podcast. So if you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. Try and find it wherever you can. And the reason I think you need to go in unprepared is that you'll have a unique experience of this film. Because, Pat, did you get that it was trying to be funny? Uh, not really. I, I felt like I, I didn't really know what it was trying to be at any point. So, I had that, I think when I first watched this film, I had the experience of being like, what pretentious nonsense yeah. bullshit this is, up until about 20 or 30 minutes in, and then I realised it's like a very, like, straight-faced mockery of art house films. Oh, uh, look... <laughs> That, that is, I think, a very generous interpretation. Like, maybe that's what they're trying to do, but if that's what they're trying to do, I still think they miss by a very long way. So, a thing about the the writer and the director, uh, Bruce LaBruce. Bruce LaBruce is uh, um, very, it's a Canadian filmmaker. He is very inspired by, have you heard of Queercore before? Queercore was like a movement in the late 1980s, early 1990s to fuse kind of punk and gay culture in really interesting ways. Um, it was a bit of a fuck you to the very clean, pleasant, you know, pop-oriented uh, gay aesthetic that, that we often see and we still see now. Uh, and so there is a bit of, like, rebelliousness or cheekiness to that. And Bruce LaBruce's older films uh, had that have that ethos to them where it's, he's almost rebelling against art school. Like, he hates art school. He hates the the authentic gay side of things and wants to create his own little little shtick to it. So he's very famous for, like, one of his films, there's, like, a scene where an amputee with a stump fucks a guy up the arse. And it's just meant to make you feel just like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. But see, then I feel like there was a whole lot of stuff in this film that just looked like either it was something that was done in one take or it was something oh, yeah. that was done on very cheap production values. There were a lot of things that weren't framed correctly. So the film ends with Otto walking up like this giant long road. And then like there's a rainbow in the background. Oh, yeah. Right. Which, I, look, I could accept was meant to be satire. But it's not framed properly. Like he, his face is kind of slightly in front of the rainbow rather than kind of next to it in a way. Like so. Oh. And that, that to me, like either is, from your angle, a very satirical take on some kind of artsy idea or for me i was just like you just need to do another take of this where he stands on the right fucking mark and doesn't walk a step and a half over it's very low budget and i think it the clearest part of its low budgetness is the the acting quality (laughs) well because there was but there was other things like where where otto goes to that club and then ends up going home with that guy yeah i'm sure despite the fact they're in the same room they filmed it as the guy in front of a green screen that is projected with the image of the room behind them, despite the fact Otto is on the bed behind him. It looks like he's in front of a green screen, which makes no fucking sense unless you've only got one camera. Okay, I need to rewatch that scene because, so the actor who plays Otto, uh, I think his name's Jay Crispar, he, uh, I know he was a bit uncomfortable with some of the sexually explicit 
parts of the film. Because I should mention, Bruce LaBruce, one of the main things that he's, he's known for is that he mixes indie filmmaking with gay pornography. Yeah. Um, and so that's his, that's his big thing. He famously got, had a film that was banned in Australia. Not this film, surprisingly, but his uh, other film, L.A. Zombie, uh, was banned in Australia because it depicted necrophilia uh, only because there were zombies and they were fucking each other and therefore it was right. necrophilia under yeah. <laughs> the Australian classification laws. <laughs> well, let's, let's go a bit... I mean, it, this, is, this is the kind of film that I cannot go beat for beat as to what happened Good and Lord, no. put together some sort of plot or, or narrative. What I can say is that the, the main thing you need to know is that there are black and white segments of this film and then there are colour segments of this film. The black and white segments are the film within a film, mm-hmm. right? Because we have a a filmmaker, I believe her name is Mania? What is Medea Yarn. That's right. That's right. Uh, so she's making a film. Her her, her uh, magnum corpus, as she puts it. <laughs> um, so that's important to know because it's the, the kind of interspersed at the very start. That's why it's so confusing at the start. So. The opening of, of the film is uh, Otto uh, sitting in a field, I believe, and then there's just random war images mm. being intercut. It <laughs> kind of looks like <laughs> historical footage from the Balkans conflict or something. Like, it's I really mean, I think weird. they're real because, I mean, the, so it, took, it has all these war imagery and then, like, it's intercut with the film and then there's, like, monks self-emulating yeah. and things like that. This is what I mean, that it's like, that is not supposed to be taken seriously. That is him being like, ooh, it's so deep. Because... There is no logical way that, like, monks self-emulating, zombie imagery, war imagery, all of that sort of stuff is meant to make any fucking sense. Well, I mean, but you could say that about the rest of it. I mean, none of it made sense, really, at any point. Um, because presumably the thing about the, the black and white scenes and the colour scenes is that Otto is then the one person who straddles those two worlds. Yeah. No one else kind of moves between them. And that, to me, again, felt like... Like, that to me just felt like someone trying to make a point. And I was just like, nah, this is shit. You know, like how, like, in Schindler's List, there's the girl in red? It felt like a cheap take of that. No. I do not think that that is what's happening. I think that they are... At least my interpretation of this film... And I actually haven't looked to check whether or not it's correct. My interpretation of this film is that it is making fun of art kids and art queer filmmaking and, like, artsy art house filmmaking. Hence why at the start we have, you know, Otto and then there's the bombs and there's the monks self-emulating. And then we cut straight to the the grave in black and white. Um, And that's when Medea goes on her rant about what her film is all about. Many potential reasons for it, you know, is it the lack of embalming or is this just the next phase of human evolution? That's right, yeah. Human evolution. (laughs) Yeah, like is it, I don't think... I don't think we're we're supposed to be ridiculing her at that point. We're supposed to be making fun of her. Okay. But then, see, I, I just don't think it necessarily holds up as that funny if that's its aim. In that, like, I get that I want to make fun of those people too. In that, like, the last student production I went to, I opened the program and it said, this is a meditation on capitalism. Yes. And I was like, okay, fuck off. I've seen enough student <laughs> theatre. I've seen enough student theatre for the rest of my life, right? I'm happy to ridicule those people. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just didn't. I just don't think it's funny then at doing that. I, I I think it is if you've watched a lot of these shitty films, though. And, like, I feel like you have seen a lot of these productions. 
Like even at the start where it cuts to color and there's Otto in the field and this is this is real life. Um, and it's a voiceover of Otto and he starts off and he starts saying some things and he's like, I was a zombie with an identity crisis. Like as in, we constantly make fun of the fact that like every Fringe show is about identity. <laughs> um, like, and I think that that... That to me is like a mockery of gay films and queer films and all of that sort of stuff. That it's this like meditation on who I am. I have no idea where I was headed that night. I can't recall what was going through my brain. It's difficult now to have clear thoughts. I only have vague memories of the time before, sketchy images like charcoal drawings that float in and out of the soup of my consciousness. But then I also feel like it was kind of, it kind of, I also feel like that point gets dramatically undercut by the low budget of it when like we're meant to view this, I think it sets itself up as being set into the future, right? I thought the past, because none of them have mobiles or anything. I thought it said something about the future. In the black and white film of the future. Oh, okay, maybe that's why I was getting confused. Yeah, so I think of the black and white film as the future, and then real life, it's either the present or the past, and I believe it's in Berlin. Yeah, it's meant to be set in Berlin. Yeah. I'm re- reasonably sure of that. Yeah. Um, but say that scene where he's in the field, he's then ending up hitchhiking, mm. and it just looks ridiculous to see, like, four cars drive past him equidistant apart from one another. Yeah, yeah. And then no more cars. And it's like, well, clearly you've got four producers, or not even four producers, presumably. You've got four mates who have cars. Yeah. And you just ask them to start driving at the same time. And it's just like, well, that's just shitty filmmaking. Like, if you're going to make a satire, like, put some effort into making it look like a satire. I don't think an art house film made by some wanky theatre student would make that mistake. I don't think they would. I don't think they would do that. I think they'd put more effort into how the film's made. But and so it's it's low. It's kind of low budget look to me detracts from that purpose. I again, I didn't notice that sort of stuff. So maybe that is the thing of of maybe there are faults in his his filmmaking, and I will totally admit that because I love the the attitude or the philosophy hmm. underpinning all of this. Uh, maybe I'm willing to forgive some of the, like, yeah. more shit. Well, because equally there's another scene then, like, where um, this is much later in the film, in the timeline of the film, where Otto is now acting in the film and he's yeah. buried in a grave and reaching a hand up out of the grave. Yeah, which is the original scene that we see at the start. Yeah. We just see it from a different perspective. Yeah. yeah. But again, that's another thing where, like, it's made so cheaply that what you see is Medea Yarn and I think Adolf is her offsider. The brother. Yeah. Who's filming it. Yeah. Um, and it's just one camera filming it. And it's just another thing where I'm just like, no way would there be one camera filming this. Like, yeah, but it would, would have... if it's like a shitty art film. But no, if they're theatre students, they're all supporting each other. They'd have like people holding up like those light things. Like there'd be audio. Like that's, Not I this just... woman. This Not this woman who for her girlfriend's birthday buys her a headstone. Like I think that she is meant to be yeah. this more like alienating authentic artists yeah uh and that's her character so after we get the the opening shots with otto in color uh we then shift back into black and white into a segment which is maybe my favorite scene uh so we learn that in in her film in the film uh all of the zombies coming back from the dead are gay zombies 
and they're converting over um, uh, other people into their lifestyle, which is, of course, again, this is why I think it's making fun of, because it's like, this is what people thought of gay people, and we're satirizing it in our art film. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, there's like a tongue-in-cheek, like, twist on that by saying this is really obvious and heavy-handed. Yeah. Hence, of course, she's going to be making a film like this. Yeah. Um, because he... he puts out that narrative and meanwhile it's that scene where they go into the kitchen and the the guy finds him and then they start making out and I think there's some intercuts but at some point there is a guy fucking an open wound (laughs) in like the guy's side like just above his hip bone inside his intestines and I think at that point that is Bruce the Bruce at that (laughs) point that is him being like fuck you (laughs) this is what this is now yeah. And that's what I love. And um, funny story, the reason I, I first saw this film was uh, a, a straight friend of mine. Date night? No, well, no, well, a straight friend of mine, Tom, he, this is back probably when we were teenagers, like 19 or so, he had found this DVD of Otto at, this is back when blockbusters and stuff were a thing, he'd found this in like some bargain bin and he was like, oh, I like horror films, so I'm going to pick that up. And he apparently got to that scene the uh, intestine fucking scene, and then he turned it off, and then, like, the next day he handed me, and he was like, this is all your thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice to know then that Otto, viewing Otto didn't set you on this path. You were already well on your way. Well, That's look, it. I had the, the morbid inklings, but I like to think that Bruce LeBruce shaped me. Okay. Interestingly, like given actually we're in spoiler territory, given we find out at the end of the film that Otto is probably just mentally unwell, the scene in the junkyard, which is in colour, if you remember this, there's a scene in the junkyard that is in colour, and two guys that appear to be zombies come up to him and start making out with him. Doesn't that mean that zombies are real? Well, my only takeaway from the junk the junkyard was that like the abandoned um there was like an abandoned okay. theme park. Yeah. Yeah. That to me felt like I thought at any moment Scooby and the gang were gonna come out and just like they were gonna like arrest somebody. Because all Scooby episodes finish with like, you know, they're in some abandoned theme park and you know, they finally get the caretaker and pull the hood off. Like I just thought that was that was a really weird plot device that he was in this it, abandoned. It seems like it was like an inserted scene. Like yeah, in, potentially. But but it it undercuts I know like the plot doesn't matter with this this fucking film, but like I, it undercuts the whole point of the film, which is that he's meant to be insane, right? Mm. So why are there two guys are they just like two guys hanging around an abandoned theme park hooking up with some zombie man that smells? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But then when you talk about him being... Um, kind of insane he also has as this as this scene come before or after that scene on the train 
where he starts almost like imagining that woman in front of him opposite yes. him on the train. So like, yeah. So maybe is there any chance that this is kind of like a, a hallucination? Dream se- yeah, dream sequence. Yeah, but there's no there's no indications in how it's filmed that it's a dream sequence. No, and I've only I've only as we're talking about it now realizing that that makes no sense. Yeah. I didn't actually give that a second thought at the time, to be honest. Like, there's so much happening, like, yeah. at so many points that yeah. I, I was just, like, trying to keep on top of everything that was going on. Well, let's talk about that. So, that scene where he's sitting on the train uh, and he first encounters... Well, he starts seeing people different ways, like, they're actually disgusted by him, but he, he just they're smiling, he's clearly having some sort of hallucination. And I think that is also the first time there's a gay couple that sits up, sits next to him, and he first has this flashback about this boyfriend that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, so, a, not so much a boyfriend as a boy scout, based on the way he Oh, dresses. Jesus, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, you guys dress like a boy scout the whole time. It's so weird. It's like, what, who, what, who from... Like, it's like they went to wardrobe, and wardrobe was like, we've got one I outfit that fits you. I don't know how Berlin Twinks <laughs> dress. Maybe that's a thing. I don't know. It was like, honestly, Bruce LaBruce had like a spare scout's outfit and was just like, this'll do. Oh, oh, look, if anyone's going to have a spare scout outfit, it would be the end. Um, so we had the first flashbacks that, that Otto had had a past. Um, and they intercut constantly. My favourite part of that is, so every time every time there's a flashback to his him and his previous boyfriend, there's this like, happy, cheery kind of segment, and they're like getting ice cream or swimming. And then occasionally it's like the boyfriend's like pissing into a fountain yeah. and they're fucking and again. That was, when I saw that, I was just like, I'm pretty sure they used like some B-roll of that for the friends. Yeah, yeah. They're all in the fountain. They were just Joey just pissing. And they're like, no, we won't use that. We'll leave that for Brew. It's, um, yeah, again, that, see, that's when I'm like, that's the Bruce the Bruce bit. That he's like drawing you in with this like happy romantic gay people and it's like here's a guy pissing and then <laughs> yeah yeah and see yeah I suppose because you have more experience with Bruce LeBruce maybe that made more sense to you but to me I was just like okay cool gratuitous dick whatever like yeah oh look and there is different there is definitely a component of gratuitous dick yeah. as part of all of this. <laughs> Oh, this is when Medea is shopping in the graveyard for her girlfriend. Uh, and we are introduced to the brother of her, who's kind of a redundant character. I don't know. Nothing really happens with him. He's just on the side. I think she's going on rants about how she loves graveyards. And she's all... This is about, again, it's a, it's a satire of an art film student in that mm. she's trying to be really dark and deep and political and mm. all of those sorts of things. And I think in that scene, we're also introduced to her girlfriend, who is a silent film actress. So, so that's what's interesting to me, because you were talking about before that things seem really um, low budget and cheap and crappy. And of course, that filter that goes in the mm. silent film stuff is obviously some like open source yeah. <laughs> filter. But there are some scenes where she's there. Did you, there's one where they're all sitting down in a row and they've managed to slice the... the mm film a bit so that she's just in silent film. I was like, that's... As someone who knows nothing about filmmaking, I thought that involved some skill. I'm pretty sure that would involve no skill. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's very possible. Um, yeah. Uh, and so this is the kind of like the... I suppose that graveyard scene is the first... That's the first time we properly get that kind of um, silent film 
talky film dynamic that we then get regularly yeah. for the rest yeah. of it. Which, to be honest, didn't work for me as a joke. No. And and also, it didn't kind of work for me as a joke, because I think it's in that graveyard scene where she um, is pouring... Again, this is kind of one of those weird things where she, the silent film lady, is dressed as though she were in a silent film. So we're yeah. meant to believe that she is in a silent film. And then she offers um, some tea to Medea that she pours from a very modern 21st century thermos that she just pours into a cup. And I'm like, well, either there's some consistency in this character or there's not. You know what I mean? Like, And that, to me, didn't serve a purpose. That didn't serve a joke. That was just, like, thoughtless. Again, keeping with the theme of this is making fun of art students and theatre students and all that sort of stuff, I imagine there are art students or film students that are, like portraying themselves as like authentic 1920s people and dressing up and whether or not this is this is making fun of a thing that like you and I don't actually get because you know we don't hang out actually no your boyfriend's a mm. theater <laughs> theater person uh, but I I yes I think it's trying to make a certain satire or a certain joke and I maybe just don't get it because I don't know anyone like that yeah um yeah I I just kind of I suppose, and, and maybe this is the thing, maybe I just need to watch it again, but all of those things to me, I kept interpreting as lazy um, yeah, and not really serving a function, whereas perhaps I need to start again and just watch it. And no, but it's, I think it's good to go in there without that lens, though, because it's so interesting how like different people would, mm. would take it. Um, but yeah, he is if you take that kind of punk aesthetic to what he's doing, I don't think he's saying anything earnestly. Or at least I would be surprised. I might be completely yeah. wrong on this, and I've just decided <laughs> all of Bruce LaBruce's uh, filmography yeah. is meant to be taken ironically, and I'm just... <laughs> Which would honestly be the worst review you could give someone. <laughs> it's just like, I thought this was deliberately bad. <laughs> the next major thing that happens after that is he meets the guy at the Flesh Club. Well, he actually, he doesn't get into the Flesh Club. No. He just sees two guys pretending to be zombies walking into it, and then a guy outside of them says, oh, this club's dead. Do you want to come back to, to my place? Oh, actually, I should note that uh, Fritz, who is the actor that we've been seeing in these the black and white segments up until now, is apparently a famous gay porn star. Who I was not aware of, but right. apparently okay. he was quite attractive. Yeah, know, recently. Yeah, um, I don't know if this guy that Otto meets outside the club is also a gay porn star, but it wouldn't surprise me because that's kind of that's Bruce the Bruce style. Uh, meets them. He's certainly not a good actor. <laughs> uh, so he goes back to his place. They they ostensibly hook up. Mm. I'm trying to remember. There's, well, you don't see much because what you, I think it, I, my they start making it, out and they blood. Yeah, and then I think it fades to black and fades up, and then Otto is awake. Other guy is dead on the bed, and there's he's blood, not dead though. Well, he's undead <laughs> on the bed, and there's blood all over the walls. And then Otto, kind of from memory, just like kind of stumbles out of the room without any kind of particular. And then we, I think we just cut to a new scene. Well, before we cut though, the guy then. Uh, wakes up and says that was amazing can I see you again sometime okay Otto walks past a butcher I think is maybe the next thing to happen which because 
this is why this is so hard to talk about in chronological mm. order. At various points previously, we've been seeing meat Being get cut, cut. Yeah. Um, and we're not really sure what that what that means. Uh, but he walked past the butcher. The butcher recognizes Otto and runs out. Doesn't seem overly concerned though. No. It's just like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while kind of thing. But that's presumably just bad acting. Maybe, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, maybe he was meant to seem quite concerned. But, like, yes, you're right, he didn't come across that way at all. Because we learned that that is, that is Otto's father, yeah? That's how I took that. But then I was never sure that was confirmed, was it? Uh, in the later conversations with the boyfriend, I think that was confirmed. Oh, okay, right. And Otto worked at the butcher. Yeah, I knew that. Despite yeah. the fact that he was a vegan. yeah. And that was like a thing. Well, he said he might have been a vegan or a vegetarian. He said a vegetarian or worse, a vegan. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so then that scene happened. <laughs> yeah. Which was almost pointless. But it was over quickly. So it was know, over whatever. quickly. Uh, and then is this when he gets chased by unruly youths? youths? Yeah. Which some of those youths were like, uh, you know, suitably teenage looking, but one of them, and they're all meant to be drinking beers, looked about 10. Yeah. <laughs> I had exactly the same thought. I was like, none of them look old enough to be drinking, but that kid looks like he should still be drinking from a fucking baby bottle, that not a beer bottle. should not have been approached Holy for shit. this film. Oh. I don't know who, whose child is that. Please take him away from Bruce LeBruce. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, he gets chased out, and this is when he sees the poster for uh, the Zombies film. Wanted, you know, blah, blah. And again, they're advertising it as an art film, and it's very, very like that. So then we're, then it's kind of explained what's going on here and we understand that there's this film within a film and he's been cast within that film within a film. Uh, um, and then he, he stays at the house of, of Fritz. Fritz, maybe? I think his name is Fritz, yeah. Because um, Fritz tries to run him a bath and that doesn't work well because Otto just sits in the bath fully clothed. Yes. And Fritz is played by Marcel Schutt. If you want to look up his gay porn career after this. Okay. Uh, and then he sits in a bed because obviously you need to demonstrate that zombies don't sleep. Yes. So he just sits in a bed watching the clock tick over. So so Otto becomes involved in the yeah. film. I think there's various things that happen there where they show shots of the film being made. Uh, the next big thing to happen, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that Medea gives him money and says, put it in your wallet. And that's when you realise he has a wallet mm. um, with all his details in it and a photo set of his um, of his boyfriend. And then I do love this, that we meet the boyfriend and the boyfriend's just a fucking dick. Yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, uh, not exactly a likeable character. No, he's no. just... And the conclusion that we get to Otto's story is that he was mentally unwell and his boyfriend just abandoned him. <laughs> Great guy. Great guy. Uh, again, not the best acting from the scout. <laughs> Don't get me started. He wouldn't have got the acting badge, that's for mm. sure. Look, I know it was wrong of me to dump you like that, but I've never been good in those type of situations. When you told me you were sick, I didn't know what to do. Post that scene, so we've had this revelation that he's actually just unwell, and I think this is when Otto and Fritz fuck. Mm. Which again, I found very hot, but again, it's been a while, so I don't know if that's just... I did not find it hot. Ah. Um, <laughs> but, and, and am I correct in thinking that as they're fucking, uh, his, make, like his, his zombification goes away, yeah. and for a brief period of time, he seems like a real person. Yeah, it's almost like he's back to normal. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, 
Which again, I'm, I'm not sure kind of what message that sent or what, what I was meant to take from that. Well, I thought... <laughs> what was, had he just... Is this just a thing? Is this a bit like you, like going through a dry spell, just needed... Just, like, yeah. look, all yeah. of this haggard zombie stuff that you see yeah. going on right yeah, now yeah. will just be stripped away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, so they're not consistent with that, actually. I, this is a pretty big gripe, is that I, what I thought, because I haven't seen it in a while, I thought after that scene he would then be normal again mm. and the idea would be like you know he just needed love or something uh but no he leaves a little tombstone note <laughs> saying like r.i.p otto uh and then we cut to what we think is otto then setting himself on fire yes which for a second i was like oh i'm kind of on board if like <laughs> that. uh but it turns out that that is that's just the film yes uh, and then that's that's how it ends. And then uh, Otto leaves. He's heading north. He's heading north. Which Berlin? Where is he headed? Geography? Well, I, yeah, I don't know. What's Let us know in the comments. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> um, um, he thinks he'll find more people like him. Maybe that's some geography because, joke that we don't get. Because then, it, then we sort of are taken back to where we start in the film because he's hitchhiking again. So he's yes. walking up that road, hitchhiking yes. again. And we finish in this... I mean, I, I thought, again, maybe this goes to your point about this being satire, but I didn't see how... I, I don't see necessarily that this is satire. Because the, the film actually ends with a freeze frame of him walking down the road hmm. that just gradually fades... Like not not like fades to black, like yeah, in a yeah. dimmer light. It's like they go like by notches. They're like, fade it, fade it, fade it, fade it, fade it. Yeah. It's just like, this is... I Could think you that not is a the gradual dimming. I was no, saying, what is happening? I think that is a reference to, and you probably haven't watched many kind of like eighty slashers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They like old school horror, like a um, right, Night okay. of the Living Dead and stuff, would have those we'll sort of transitions. Okay, okay. Well, that makes sense. Then I was watching that, thinking like this is insane. Because <laughs> um, the other thing as well is um, the final line of the film, and this is the only thing that I think actually reached the point of satire was him saying, how do you kill yourself if you're already dead? At which point I was like, that's funny. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I was like, that, that is intended as a joke, surely. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that was the one time I was like, this is lame. There are more, there are more things like that. There are more just these little lines mm-hmm. of, and again, if you, okay, maybe you do need to have some sort of uh, pro, like preemptive knowledge before going into this film. If you view it as every character that we see is the most insufferable art kid mm. that you've ever met, I feel like it's a much more enjoyable viewing experience. Because that's funny you say that because there are two other lines that I noted down, one of which I laughed at and the other now I might laugh at in hindsight because the first one was... <laughs> it's when, always good to laugh in hindsight. That's a well-delivered yeah. joke. <laughs> when, when uh, Yeah, it's one of those take-home jokes. You know? <laughs> the audience don't get it in the show. They get it on the way home. I'm, I specialise You're doing well. You're doing yeah. well. Um, there was a great moment where Medea, and I laughed out loud at this, where Medea says to um, her... Uh, film partner she's making this film just are you ready Adolf which is just <laughs> yeah. very funny um, but the other one I think that if you interpret this as satire that's quite funny is one of them says at some point um, and I can't even remember what the context for this is but uh, they just say I'm not my zombie brother's keeper yes <laughs> yes <laughs> like that now I'm just like oh okay that's that's definitely satire like at the time I was just like what point are they making <laughs> like yeah um now raise your hand up out of the grave. That's it. 
raise it as a protest against all the injustices perpetrated against your kind. Raise it in solidarity with the lonely and the weak and the dispossessed of the earth for the misfits and the sissies and the plague-ridden beggars who have been buried and forgotten by the merciless, heartless, heterofascist majority. And look, it got it got terrible reviews. And it got terrible reviews, I think, because there was a polarization, I think. I think actually I think it was like forty Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes had forty two percent. Yeah. Which, which is but I think that that's the, better than most Kevin James films. Yes. Or Black Mallcott probably got worse than yeah, that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> the like but and, and I think it does come down to how you take the film. Because you could either take it, you could take it like I did, where I was just like, this is all ridiculous and you're supposed to interpret it ridiculous. Or you could take it authentically, um, which I think is more what you did. Or, and I think some people, some of the reviews that I was reading were a bit like that, where it's just like, it thinks it's being clever, tongue-in-cheek, but it's also not delivering on that. And I, yeah. I can, I can kind of get that. And again, I'm kind of... I think I um, enjoy the film because I enjoy Bruce the Bruce as a character in his like ethos and his philosophy, and I think that that just means that anything he produces, I'm gonna fucking lap up. Thank you for listening to the Sinister Sissies podcast, and a special thank you to Pat McCaffrey for co-hosting. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and support us on Patreon at Sinister Sissies. You can also follow Pat on Twitter at Pat McCaffrey and myself at Jared Bartle. I hope to see you next time and stay sinister.